It's a question that's existed from the beginning of time. Assuming time began on March 24, 1986, when Van Halen unchained its new frontman Sammy Hagar with the album 5150. That question, which iteration of Van Halen is better? The original with spastic but charismatic frontman David Lee Roth or Van Hagar with the culturally undistinguished but preternaturally talented Sammy Hagar? We'll attack the question from both sides. Welcome to Beyond Yacht Rock. Beyond Yacht Rock. <laughs> well, that was so relaxing. Nice. You guys like that? Yeah, that good timing. That's worth the wait. Yeah. That's our new bumper. Welcome to Beyond Yacht Rock. It's the podcast that creates arbitrary genres and counts them down. But today Except. we today we have a special episode. We'll tell you about it just after we tell you who we are. My name is J.D. Riznar. Over there with the Sid Vicious shirt is Mr. Hollywood Steve Huey. Hello. Over there, old David Lyons. He's got a Van Halen shirt on for some reason. I, I like the, the first part of that band. And sitting by my side the is... The van. It? The van part? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting by my side is Hunter Stare. Hi. Okay, so today we're having a battle episode. We're going to duke it out with this all-time battle. That's it's been, a battle yeah, of the band. The battle of the band. Van Halen versus Van Hagar. Which one is better? Uh, Hunter and or Steve and Dave, what do you guys think? We're on the Van Halen side. We'll be arguing for Van Roth, and, and, who, uh, we, who we refer to as Van Halen. Yes, yes. Uh, because and, that's... What Van Halen is. Is Van Halen with David Lee Roth as lead yes. singer. Hunter and I believe that Sammy Hagar is the better lead singer for Van Halen. Really? It's a controversial It's a Varying degrees view. of strength of that view. I think mm-hmm. JD's much stronger on that side. But yes, we both very much love and appreciate Sammy Hagar and Van Hagar. So before we get into this, let's do the Yacht Rock Bone Throw. This is a Van Halen special, so let's throw the bone to this song. Wait, J.D., is this Van Halen? It sure is. This is Van Halen with David Lee Ross. I'll wait. The final throws of Van Halen. The final throws of Van Halen, but we'll we'll talk about that later. We're all on the same page on this one, is that this song was co-written by Yacht Rock's own Michael McDonald. It's It's a fun fact that a lot of people know, maybe some people don't. He gets credit for it sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. But the fact of the matter is, it's been documented. He's talked about it in interviews. It's really awesome. Yeah, finally now, somebody asked the question, and it was answered. Now, I assume the glue in this equation is Ted Templeman, because he produced both. Absolutely. Ted Templeman and David Lee Roth's inability to write lyrics. <laughs> That's That was also the glue. And Ted Actually, Templeman said... You, did you know that Ted Templeman originally, and I read this, in the very early days of the band, considered replacing him with Sammy Hagar right from the beginning, but decided that David Lee Roth was a better writer? Interesting. Well, interesting. Boom! But, that's, well, but on, that was David. early. Wow! Oh, that was Jesus early. Christ, that, we'll know. talk about it, but that was early, <laughs> much early. David Lee Roth was phoning it in by this point. Well, somebody put a Jack Daniels bottle up the Steve hole. <laughs> That's a thing now. Um, so what went down, they had this song, I'll Wait, and they didn't have lyrics for it. They called Michael McDonald into Ted Templeman's office where he met David Lee Roth. <laughs> that was it. He was like, listen, I got I got like a half hour this afternoon. <laughs> we're either going to write this song or not. Okay, I'll call it Michael McDonald. I, I, Michael McDonald really downplays the, the experience in interviews, but like you get the impression that he thought David Lee Roth was a complete wackadoodle. Well, yeah, that was part of his charm. That was almost all of his that's, charm. Yeah, that's why you put David Lee Roth in a band, is because he's a complete wackadoodle. That, that charm fades fast. When you have to spend a long time with a person like that, it oh, I agree, fast. but when it was there, it was the hottest part of the band. Oh, man, keep it bottled up till the battle, guys. We're just sorry, excited. Sorry, sorry. This We're getting warmed up. We're getting warmed up. Song. These guys are poking my buttons. We're shadow boxing. <laughs> We're shadow boxing here. I mean, this is neat. If you listen to this. This is my favorite song, my favorite Van Halen song. You can imagine Micah McDonald singing this. It's not that hard to do. It's very unusual, yeah. like... Vocal rhythms and a real weird vocal melody for a Van Halen song. Like, I would give my left ball to hear Michael McDonald cover this. I, I, ha- I have to say, I thought Michael McDonald's writing contribution was the keyboards. And this, this part, which kind of sounds like Sweet Freedom. But it's not. He just, he helped 
David Lee Roth. The words. I give a left ball to see Michael McDonald cover this. I said that once that I'd give my right ball to see Michael McDonald sing background vocals with the Doobies one day on with, not with Steely Dan on stage one we day. Saw that. that happened. Yeah, that was a good show. I'm done Did having you? I'm done having kids. I got another ball to spare. Take a Michael McDonald. I want to see a cover. I'll wait. So they did take your ball. They took it. They t- I don't know what they did with it, but Steely Dan and Michael McDonald are in possession of my ball right now. And I want them to have the other. Hey, boys. Cheap ticket. Shall we get into this? Yeah, let's, let's do get it. get into it. All right. Here we go. So we'll keep this going while we sort of talk about what Van Halen means to each one of us. Dave? Yeah. What does Van Halen mean to you? To me, they are the quintessential hard rock band. Uh, they defined the genre that many people tried to recreate, uh, predecessors to the hair metal scene, and they showed us that rock and roll could be fun and exciting and still really fucking good. Steve, what does Van Halen mean to you? I'll co-sign all of that, and I'll also say that Van Halen pretty much rescued American heavy metal. Like... America didn't have that great of a heavy metal scene. They had we had Aerosmith, we had Kiss, we had Montrose. That was kind of about it. And then Van Halen came along, revitalized Montrose. the genre, became the ultimate party rock band. That's it, it turned hard rock from something sullen and kind of morose and sleazy, disgusting, into something that people could throw on at a party and have a great time. Now, to me, Van Halen was a band that was always around. Of course, I remember watching MTV, seeing the jump video of that blowing my mind and that yeah. song being so good, and then just sort of lost interest in rock and roll in general and was a nerd for much of my life. And then later in life, I start, I'm going to get into Van Halen, and I listen to them all, and I'm like, this David Lee Roth Van Halen is supposed to be so good, but what I'm really into is this super polished, wonderful, beautiful excellently produced Sammy Hagar stuff. There's real human passion in there. It feels like fun party, beach, relaxing, rock and roll, the the kind of lifestyle I want. My turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Van Halen, it was, is a story of America. Oh, Jesus. They were, they were a a bar band. They, they kept that aesthetic. They were a crowd pleaser. Um, They did things they were like a grouping of individuals who did things to excess, including their playing and their their stage presence and everything. And they were above any genre. They appealed to multiple genres. They went past. And what I always found amazing, what I always appreciated was even when they were past their time, they reinvented themselves, became mature and became... Um, the closest thing to America's greatest sort of pure rock and roll band. And it didn't, I, to my argument is it didn't stop from one singer to the other. Uh, well, well, these guys might argue otherwise. Well, well, I mean, I think we can all agree that it has stopped eventually to one singer, but we're not going to talk about him. Um, all right. Yet. So, <laughs> yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, all right. So, our common ground. Uh, there we go. Let's get this battle started. We're going to start with a case. For David Lee Roth and Van Halen. Yeah. Van Halen is awesome. Yeah, that's right. Song number one for pro David Lee Roth. What are you talking about, Steve? Well, I ain't talking about love, Dave. Oh god. Now we had to <laughs> We had to we I just had that to was pick. I just came up with that. That wasn't rehearsed. Oh, that yeah, was really I, good. I, I, that I, was top I, of my head. Spontaneous. Yeah. Uh we had to pick one track, at least, from Van Halen's debut album, which is one of the all-time landmarks in hard rock and American heavy metal. I would say in American music. I would also, I would agree with you. That's good. We'll go with your version because it's better. Um, now, a lot of these songs... So you could say I'm the David Lee Roth of this. No, right, no, come on. He's, he's, he's got good points going. to make. He's going to kick you out of the uh, room in a these, second. I like... A lot of the songs on on Van Halen's first out, they're not like they're not secrets. It's, especially if you live in LA, they're they're on classic rock radio as much as Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of hard sometimes to hear them with fresh ears, but they hold up so well because they're amazing. Um, this song, uh, true story, I actually heard this guitar riff for the very first time when Two Live Crew sampled it on the Fuck Shop. <laughs> yep. Because it's a great riff. 
Mm -hmm. uh, cool. It single-handedly popularized the flanger effect pedal for guitar, and where would we be without that? It's uh, awesome. I've heard a lot yeah. of nice things yeah, about, about Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Now, one Boy. nice thing about David Lee Roth. Well, here's the thing about David Lee All Roth right, here on this comes. song. Let's hear it. David Lee Roth, you know, he gets pigeonholed as this, uh, this, you know, this crazy party dude. But this is the song where he kind of like he he's got a little bit of a dark side. He's a little sleazy here. There's a little edge to him. He's a little dangerous. Uh, he's okay. heard about yeah. your sexually okay. transmitted right. disease, right. and right. he's gonna fuck you anyway because he ain't talking yeah, no, about love. His work on this song is garbage. This song's amazing. It's a ten song, and all his blibber blather hoo ha. He brings it down to a seven. I disagree. Eddie Van Halen wrote this. He was afraid to show it to the band because it was so terrible. Went over to David Lee Roth. No, he's he thought house. it was terrible. It turned out it wasn't. And turned it out turns it was amazing. Out after uh, after old David Lee Roth tuned it up, put his stamp on it. This is still one of their most popular songs of all time. Played in concert more than any other song of theirs, except maybe Eruption. Well, and I saw Sammy Hager see, sing this. Yes. It was like watching season four of Community. Bull. But <laughs> I uh, I will say that this is one of the songs that Sammy Hagar would sing in concert because it was such an Eddie Van Halen song. He didn't feel like he was stepping on anybody's toes. And yeah. he sang this song. And, I, and it is nice they didn't let David Lee Roth shriek too much during the opening riffs. They let him. They, they let you hear Eddie's guitar playing a little bit. They, he doesn't. David Lee Roth doesn't overpower it too much. The song's not bad. It's an understated David Lee Roth song. I think you guys are fools for picking it. Is this the peak of Van Roth? This song? This album? I would say yes, this okay. album. I would say it's their best album. Yeah. So it's a slow because it's, decline after this. Mm, no, it's more... There's more of a, a plateau. And then a very obvious There's some ups and downs. In the Diver Down days. Okay, yeah. Then they and also, dove one down. more thing I want to point out about this song. There are only two chords in this song. There's A minor and there's G major. That great opening riff is just an A minor arpeggio. You switch to G major... And you drop down to the lower string. All things, all things David Lee Roth. Only, David has Roth is only two, all over it. It's only two chords, and it takes a dynamic frontman. The only other rock song I can think of with two chords is Surf and Bird by the Trash Men. That also had a very dynamic vocal performance of a very different kind. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'll tell you all about it. Van Halen has a shitty singer. Oh, here's a uh, what the speaking fuck is of, is that your here's, voice on this the is a rebuttal song from yeah. JD and Hunter. We'll talk first on this. Yeah, one. this song is terrible. I'd be disappointed if this song was on an actual ragtime album. <laughs> how many ragtime albums do you own? Enough to how know many, that David Lee Roth. How many albums of ragtime music are there? Hey, let us talk first, all right? Yeah. Then you'll talk. Hey, David Lee Roth is doing a character voice here. Listen to this. Listen, listen. He's singing in black voice. <laughs> he, he went to a black high school. He's not even doing a good job. See? Listen, if you're truly worth a shit, David Lee Roth, don't just copy a genre. Elevate it. You're just copying Ray. This is, this is on a rock and roll album. And it's passive aggressive. Because this is one thing he's like, listen, guys, this I want this song on there. And they're like, oh, God. All right. This is the depth that they would go to appease him. And he and the song is about a guy who's gone lame after he got married. He used to always give Eddie Van Halen shit about getting married. I watched an interview with him, and they asked uh, David Lee Roth, "Are you going to settle down?" And he said, "Well, you know what? I got my uh, lead my, my lead guitarist just uh, just got married." And you know what? There's three rings in marriage. There's the engagement ring, there's the wedding ring, and then there's the suffering. Yeah! Uh, there's not even an electric guitar in this song. This so wait, like, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. I'll talk. Are you are you saying that this song was recorded for Diver Down, which we a lot of people agree is the weakest David Lee Roth Van Halen album. But you're saying that this song was recorded specifically to troll Eddie Van Halen about having gotten married? A little bit, yes. Oh my god, you've just made a brilliant case for the genius of David Lee Roth. Really? Yes. Why? How many he other a, people would be able to troll to Eddie Van dick? Halen about 
With, with, a, with a swing song that was written in 1924. Why would you troll Eddie Van Halen? He's Why? the one that's making your band good. Why would this you want to upset him? That's our big argument against David Lee Roth, is he upsets David Lee Roth so much that David Lee Roth has to accept stuff like this onto he his upset, thing. And they he let, upsets the band. And they let Eddie Van Halen's father play clarinet on this let, song. Let. David Lee Roth wanted him. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're yeah, like, oh, what a gesture. Are our you dad? saying Van Halen doesn't try to force their own family members into bands? In this case, this that wasn't the case. This actually was a really big deal for uh, Eddie Van Halen's dad. He was a well-known clarinet player. He had recently he lost, lost his finger. finger. Yes. And ten years later, he was nervous to do this. I don't give a fuck. No one wants to hang out their dad. around and played it. Well, now that my dad had a stroke, I wish oh, I could do stuff geez. like that with my dad now. Take that. There's Dave being Dr. Conscience. Emotional. We just put him in a nursing home last week. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Uh, all right. A, not only did you miss the bumper, you missed it because you were talking about depressing stuff about your dad. This is a Van Halen episode. Enough personal stuff. Sorry. That song Here's just song made me sweetly two. remember my dad. Here's song number two, pro David Lee Roth. This is And the Cradle Will Rock. The third album, Women and Children First. Now, part of the reason that people always say that Van Halen ditched David Lee Roth was they wanted uh, they wanted the a, they wanted a singer with more range. They needed someone who could sing higher and do some of these more sophisticated compositions that Eddie wanted to do. Yeah, new stuff. And Other this, people call that new stuff. And this track proves that Eddie did not have to get rid of David Lee Roth to do a more subtle, sophisticated, intricate arrangement of a song. You're right, Steve, but he did need to get rid of him so he didn't have to get shit every time he tried to do something different. Because David Lee Roth, that's what he constantly did. Hey, I got something new. Uh, get out of here. I don't want to hear that. Well, let's hear some ragtime or some skiffle. <laughs> Dave and Ted Templeman both didn't like synthesizers. They didn't want synths in the hard rock and roll band because that was what they did best. And Ted stayed with David Lee Roth solo, right? Yes, he did. Yes. So Ted chose his side. Yes. This lyrics in this song are so corny. That first verse can fuck itself. This is about getting good grades, and and there's like, doesn't he improvise some talking about grades? Ah, oh, David Lee Roth and grades. <laughs> Wait, David Lee Roth and grades? Yeah, That's you, your argument? Listen, hot for teachers. We'll talk about that later. But this, uh, this song is this about a guy who doesn't get good grades, so he's out on the streets. Listen, this clown. He's out on the mean streets. Clown, no, he's not. He's doing goofball character voices. Listen, what, if if he you're, is a goofball if you're, character. yeah, I know. If you're watching The Empire Strikes Back, and Gallagher comes in the middle and starts smashing <laughs> watermelons. It takes you out of it. That's what David that Lee would, Roth does yeah. to Van Halen to me. Takes you out. You see, I think your problem what is... What the hell metaphor was that? You're watching a good movie about outer space, and Gallagher comes in and starts smashing watermelons. And you're wait, like, wait. Is this song about outer space? I'm trying to watch a space If you don't get good grades, movie. you're going to end up unemployed in outer space? Nah, you don't know what a metaphor is. And the spaceship is. will rock! Cool. It's, so, it's, don't feed into it. They're it's a comparison strum, without the use of like or as. Uh, they're uh, David Lee Roth fans. <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, make another case here. Come on. Yeah. This song is sweet. <laughs> That's a good case. Hey. Do you know? Do you know all those things that sound like guitar scrapes on there? They're actually an innovative use of the synthesizer. Oh, Which, cool. Uh, maybe that wasn't a good point did, for us. Did, did, did David Lee Roth come up with that idea? Probably not. No, he hated it. All right, let's move on. Oh, this is for us. you. <laughs> These bumpers are great. Is that your voice? No, it's my friend Mike Council from Muskegon, Michigan. Oh, oh he's a talented fellow. He Shout out me. to Mike. Good yeah. town from Michigan. He talks that way. He's got a crazy voice. Oh. Crazy guy. All right, guys, let's let's get back into listening yeah. to a bad song. This is the exact song. This is the last song before David Lee Roth quit the band. This is a House of Pain from now 1984. Um, it's an older song that they drug out because this was their second of two barely over half hour albums they needed some filler in here david lee roth totally phones this in this is him at his worst where he just gets completely lost instead of picking up what would be a bad song and improving it oh so you're blaming this on david lee roth no i'm saying this is i'm saying this is his worst moment 
because he's barely on the song. You dipshits picked a song that's three minutes long that has less than 30 seconds of David Lee Roth on it. Yeah, and this you know what he does? This is basically a does? guitar solo that he just kind of yeah, shit out some lyrics for. Yeah. He sleeps through it. Yeah. He doesn't elevate it at all. You can tell that he's pouting was he, was and he, he doesn't want to Because he was you writing a terrible that. screenplay You're the making night before. Shit up. He was writing a terrible screenplay the night before, came in and said, is this song half done? Ah, whatever, I'll just sing something. Did you bother to listen to the original demo? Yes, it's better. Yes, the original demo is better. They recorded it for Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons. and Gene Simmons was Mammoth. trying to produce the Back band. Back in 77. Back in 77. And David Lee Roth does fine. It's a conventionally structured song. No, he doesn't. They're, yeah, he, he does. It. Yeah, he does. He's totally lost in it. It the first like, one? It sounds like ragtime. I ain't even. This doesn't sound like ragtime. I ain't no, even going to try. The first one, Gene Simmons is trying no, no, to get no, him oh, to growl. Oh, the first one. Yeah, I'm talking one. about the okay, demo I version. I thought you were talking about this one. No, no, the demo version, he sings it like a conventionally structured song. Gene Simmons is trying to get him to growl like House of Burn, like Gene Simmons would. And it doesn't quite work. It's not but quite we're his idiom. we talking about this one. But, uh, but my point is... They restructured that whole song, took out huge chunks of David Lee Roth, and then didn't let him do anything else with it. Didn't let him. So it's not you're, his, you're, you're, he wasn't he wasn't involved in being the, in the band at this point. He was he was exiting the band. It, he could have came in and said, "Listen, I'll spend an afternoon with Michael McDonald, and we'll figure this one out." <laughs> but he didn't. He just he just was like, "All right, guys, I'm meeting with some producers." I can just see him in the booth, just leering at Eddie Van Halen, you know, his eyes are all black and blue, his face is all bruised, because he lost a fist fight to end the album with this song instead of some doo-wop acapella piece of garbage. <laughs> he would never lose a fist fight to Eddie Van Halen. I think he that, did. No, I think he no. did. I think that's why this is the last song. It's Eddie's dream. I'll agree that I this think is a bad pussies. song. Yeah, yeah, also, I'll agree also that this is a, band, a bad Van it's Halen song. It's almost good enough to be on for unlawful carnal knowledge. Snap! Meow! Boom! Owned! Van Halen is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Personal gift to rock and roll. <laughs> these are <laughs> these are wonderful. Can you put these on Spotify? I want to listen to these in my car. <laughs> I'll email them to you. You got a tape player? I All do. Right, this is my put, we'll put it on tape for you. This is the third and final argument in favor of David Lee Roth. We've chosen Hot for Teacher from 1984. This, this is a song that epitomizes Van Halen, the world's greatest party band. There's a lot of instrumental flash in this song. Eddie's wailing. Alex is really doing some great shit on the drums. And David Lee Roth is just being David Lee, quintessential David Lee Roth. Just tossing out sleazy joke after sleazy joke, but they work because he doesn't take himself seriously. Oh. And the lines are as throwable as the lines in Big Lebowski or Black Belt Jones. No, no, it's I don't feel tardy. People say oh, that no, all the time, no. and it's, it still makes me giggle. It's terrible. Because it takes me back to this sweet video filmed at Marshall yes. High. No. Can, I, can I say, I think this song was written for a video, not for a single. I think... At the same time, um, I have it written down here. Not uh, they're not going to take it, but uh, I want to rock by uh, Twisted, Twisted Sister. Sister. Yeah. Didn't that come this, out after this? No. Well, same year, same about the same time. I'm sure it was. You're being talking made. birth of MTV when bands would frequently and make a video specifically both or a school, song to both in school, both Animal House references. The Animal House references in this one are much more subtle. Than the Twisted Sister. Right, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying this is like the volcano Dante's Peak. The Hollywood needs to produce two of these. The Sopranos versus the short-lived TV show Kingpin. I don't know that one, but sure. You know, I'd, like to, I'd like to get back to the actual reason this song was written. It wasn't written for a video. It was written as a rewrite of the Billy Cobham fusion piece Quadrant Four from the album Spectrum, featuring the great, the late great Tommy Bolin on guitar. Wait, what? Duh. And they took. I looked this up. You didn't. I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I no. I just assumed that you were you were picking a Van Halen song. I didn't know you were picking that cover. It's not a cover. It's a rewrite. It's well, where you guys they take, picked a cover for your ragtime It's where they take a jam. classic jazz fusion track, adapt it to be a dirty song about sex. Which is a gene. If Billy Cobham had made Quadrant Four Dave, a song about dirty sex, 
but Billy I love Cobham, listening to it. Billy Cobham would have been the most popular jazz fusion drummer of <laughs> what all time. Is he talking about? All right, you guys, you guys want to talk about David Lee Roth? Yeah, you, make your final arguments. This yeah. is worse yeah. than talking all right. about all right. Alex Van my, my final argument. You want to go first, Steve, or should I? Uh, you go first because I'm going to take longer. Okay. My final argument is a quote by Eddie Van Halen in Rolling Stone, dated June 19th, 2015. I think it's now built into people's DNA that it just won't be Van Halen if it's not Roth's voice. He says, you make music for people, otherwise just play in your closet. And how do you reach the most people? By giving them the band that they want. Oh my what, god. To what do it any other that? way like would be Roth's selfish. Yeah. What date was that from? That was June 19th, 2015. 2015. Oh, That's when pretty they have recent. to sell David Lee Roth albums. Eddie Van Halen. They have to sell uh, David Lee Roth albums and the David Lee Roth tickets now. He also said, uh, I'm looking for a new singer. It's weird that it's over. 12 years of my life putting up with this bullshit. All right, Steve, what's All your right. final argument? Final argument. I want to talk about first, I'm going to start with Eddie. I want to talk about Eddie, the guitar oh, shredder. Oh, my God. Now, Eddie, Eddie was not the first guitar hero. But when he when the first Van Halen album came out, nobody had ever heard sounds like that coming out of that instrument before. But you can't just sell people on your technical ability. You have to have something to translate your tech your musical technical ability into human terms. You have to make people feel a human emotion from your music. You can't just what be emotion a is, What emotion are we feeling off of the song? Lust. Fucking rock. Fucking party and hearty. Deep, dumbass. This, this Van Halen, one note. One. I'm feeling. Note. I'm feeling embarrassed for the kid in class making jokes that people are only laughing at because he's being naughty, not because they're funny. That's how people yeah. make jokes in school. Uh, Didn't anyway. you go to school? No, listen. It's Eddie, 1984, listen, guys. Time shut to grow the fuck up. up. I'm not done yet. It's okay. Your time's up. Eddie's crazy noises reinforce David's insane antics and vice versa. They translate each other's personalities yeah. into recognizable human terms. Shouldn't have and talked that about is jazz why they need so each other. I'm right. saying jazz fusion doesn't have a human personality <laughs> and they gave it one. Wonderful case, guys. Now it's time for 50 States and 50 Podcasts. This being a Van Halen episode, guess what state we're going to do? California, right? No, well, I would say no. so. What? No, 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 no! California because... A lot of people don't know this. Just kidding. Everybody who knows Van Halen knows that after Sammy Hagar and after David Lee Roth, they hired Gary Sharon from Extreme, a fella from Boston, Massachusetts. So today in 50 States and 50 Podcasts, we're visiting Massachusetts, home of Gary Sharon, with the Van Halen song off home of Van Halen 3, Blackwater Dog. Is this who you named your son after? Gary Sharon, absolutely. No, Gary Sharon's a dirty garbage water person. dog. Dirty water dog. I'm sorry, dirty water dog. <laughs> oh man, I love that Black dirty water, water dog. dog. Yeah, I think there's a song. I love that dirty water, Boston. You're my home. Sure. I think they embody by the that, Standells. By the Standells, they use that song as the title of this. Dancing? No, no, it's the Gentries. I want to apologize to the state of Massachusetts for us picking uh, Gary Sharon. What? To uh, like, like there's a better band from Massachusetts. Yeah, there's nobody else from Massachusetts. I wish I could tell you guys what this song is about, but they. They turned down Gary Schroen's vocals so low on this yeah. album, I can't really hear what he's saying. God. This, oh. is, a, this is a really bad album. Yeah. yeah. It's proof that Nuno Betancourt was the brains of extreme. I've I'll always said that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it's good to find common ground with you guys after that heated debate. <laughs> I know. And lecture about Jesse. We, we, might, we might come out of this as friends still. And uh, to people out there, if you want to listen to a good Massachusetts band, uh, look up the Modern Lovers. Or the Pixies. Uh, <laughs> but specifically, the Modern Lo Lovers Road Drummer. Road Runner. Road Runner. Guys, his vocals are turned down so low on this album, it might as well be an Eddie Van Halen solo album. Ah, oh, God, this goes on so long, it might as well be a Hagar song. Oh, hey! hey! Good one. We're not insulting your guy. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where we're supposed to find common ground and bash Oh, Gary yeah, Sharon. sorry. But sorry. is he such an easy target? He is. He, he had a wacky was... hat on in the video. <laughs> oh, Lots so of funny. videos, yeah. <laughs> he was a good singer in Funny extreme. album cover. It was, uh, oh, I, I read that uh, Eddie said, uh, like, right before their first show, they were getting ready to go out, and they saw Gary Sharon dressed in, like, a velvet shirt with really big lapels and kind of like a, a hip 90s Elvis sort of thing and he gave gave him one look and just thought to himself this isn't going to work 
And now David Lee Roth is wearing those outfits. Well, David Lee but Roth. But he can pull them off. Yeah, he always uh, had a flair for Yo. the unusual fashion-wise. Guys, this song's been going for like uh, three minutes. Let's yeah, move really? on. Our listeners like have 10. already stopped listening. All right, here we go. Thanks, Massachusetts. Forever. Time to make a case for Van Hagar. Oh, here we go. So same format, three in favor, two rebuttals. Oh, wow. Okay. Right off the bat, a second note. Not a one-note <laughs> band anymore. It can make you feel some emotions somebody, other than goofy. Yeah, somebody kicked the kid out of the studio, let the adults in. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the contemporary channel called and said, hey, this will do. Oh, man, did I just die and go to heaven? Oh, look at this. It gives me chills. It's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. Did, has, did, did uh, Van Halen, Van Roth ever give you guys chills? Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, oh, no, it didn't. Yeah, Not it like did. this. It made yeah, you it did. No, happy it did. about rock and roll. Chills? No way, man. Now listen to this. Listen to how Sammy Hagar starts this song. Listen, 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 listen. Mm, just a heh. And then yeah. let, let's let Eddie play the guitar. I'm just going to say heh to kick He's things He's not off. really doing that much on the guitar. Here's what right David Lee Roth would be doing. He'd be going, yeah. wee! Well, that's, they're not good playing for airtime. No, no, they're just garbage. they're smoothly He's blending in. Yeah, they find someone that could just seamlessly sink into the background. They that's intentionally right. picked somebody no, with it's, less personality. It's harmony. You're listening to a band in harmony. When I was a young man in my chaotic. when I was a young man in my twenties, I bought every single Van Halen tape off eBay, and I listened to each one while I was at work at the shitty data entry job. I, slog, I slogged through the rock years. It was hard to get through. And then I got to 5150, and that's when the fun began for me. Because you're Van a Halen, Journey fan. That's when Van Halen, exactly, that's when Van yeah. Halen started to work for me. I like music that appeals to the, ma- to the masses, these, ma- these anthems that can fill stadiums and fill the world with beautiful rock and roll. Listen, if you're having a bad day, you can put on some David Lee Roth, and you can get drunk, blackout drunk and feel terrible, but forget your cares and end up in gutter somewhere or when you have to get up the next day to do it again you can go home and put on some van hagar and fall asleep with a smile on your face you listen to this listen to that sammy hagar honey just dripping all over you you know but that chills. Only works. i'm getting chills right now that only works with the power ballads of van hagar and i'll say and i like this song yeah, i like the van note. hagar it's power ballads note. they could have another but gear. the fact remains is that you intentionally got somebody with less personality and a better range just to do power not ballads. personality and just if you watch power harmony. Ballads. if harmony. you watch the video of this he is trying so hard to be david lee roth yes he he's is got he's this, doing roth kicks and yeah, doing a terrible job yeah but he, he gets they have to zoom in so tight because he's terrible. He's trying to dress like Roth, but he looks well, a little more. You mean like the guy who Paula Poundstone onto the uh, White House lawn and and, uh, and I can't drive 55. Needed to needed to like not do kicks and stuff. The guy was wild on his own. He was dialing it down. At he this was point. his own kind of wild, and he was trying to be David Lee Roth. Yeah, Although I, I'll I tell you what, I think I think I may have figured something out with your last argument, Hunter. This is grown up Van Halen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. This is this is a Van Halen. Oh, hold on. It's time for the note. The note. That oh, here we go. Here it comes. Van here comes. Hagar. Here Obsessed it goes. Obsessed with this here note. Oh man, that is beautiful. Ew. How did? What that is that it? note? What I note was that? that? Yes. I think he made that note up. Listen to it again. Oh, You're gonna have to listen time. to it again. Yeah. I wish my music teacher was here to tell me exactly what, what he caught was a cube in his zipper. Oh. Just let that note. We gotta move on. Wow. Let, let that note sit with you guys. That is that is that's a great note. It's not one David Lee Roth could have hit, but you still got rid of America's answer to Mick Jagger to do power ballads. Van oh. Hagar <laughs> that, is a disgrace to mankind. Oh, this is one of our picks, right? Jamie? No, no, they they picked this. They think this is shitty. Oh. Weird. This Tell is a. Uh, this is from the same album as When It's Love. This is Cabo Wabo. This is the foundation of Sammy's whole merchandising empire. Now in his in his advancing years, this is the one that made him the Jimmy Buffett of rock and roll. And you know Jimmy Buffett has this whole empire. He's got the, all these Margaritaville restaurants. 
but he at least named them after his biggest hit and signature song that everybody knows. <laughs> Sammy's personal branding song is boring, virtually hookless, and goes on for seven fucking minutes. Seven hookless. fucking awesome minutes. Hookless. Let me take you down. It's been on my head all week. Yes. That's incredible. Oh. Sing a verse. Sing one of the verses. Well, we'll get it, to it. We'll, it we'll sing some later. Sing we'll it. Sing, sing along. A hook is if in the you chorus. Know, if you know the tune to Cabo Wabo in the verses, sing it now. Well, no, no. no we're going to sing something, and it's going to be later, it's and you'll wait great. for it. Listen, the lyrics are amazing. Because you can't do it. Yes, Crash on the beach, make love to the sea. If this is hookless, the hook must not be musical. It's a lifestyle hook. It's Sammy's life. What a life. I bet he took Eddie down to Cabo to convince him to do a three-minute song. And Eddie was like, this place oh, is amazing. Bro. We're doing a seven-minute yeah. Cabo song. I mean, right. if you're just going to look up the lyrics on a free yeah. lyrics website with a million ads, then of course you're going to think it's a better song I got, than it actually I got is another you quote to here. I got another quote here about this Cabo Wabo. Sammy's fans that, that dig Cabo are brainwashed idiots. Yeah. You kind of have to be, if you're into this version of Sammy Hagar, or just want to be so tuned out of life, they're like, hey, whatever, kick back with flip-flops, drink some Margs, listen to some sweet Sammy Hagar music, and let them paint a rosy picture oh God, of a so reality that doesn't exist. Uh, President Barack Obama. That quote was by J.D. Riznar in Rolling Stone, but it was about Jimmy Buffett. And it fits this perfectly. This is, this is your argument. No! You just He's read a, not Jimmy oh, Buffett. You read a five-minute oh! five quote about Jimmy Buffett? Oh my God! Because it fits this garbage. Listen, listen, this song is a this is this song is a vacation song, a fun vacation song, not a party song, not. Uh, I'm unemployed and I can do whatever the fuck I want. This is, hey man, I got some vacation time coming up. Let me take you down. We drink mascara from the bottle. Salt shake a little lick of lime. It's effortless. Yeah. Floppy worm, he's mine all mine. Well, not for us. We're not Sammy Hagar. Dave, you know who else who else has a merchandising empire like Hagar and Buffett is uh, is Guy Fieri. Yeah, one of Hagar's best friends. They're writing a cookbook together with the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Again, okay, so that's his persona. Is Jimmy Buffett and Guy Fieri. Both of which aren't Sammy Hagar or Van Hagar. No, but your no, but argument was the about the persona, yes. and I'm saying this is what the persona no, no. is. We're talking about he's a great person to be in a band with and make great music that is multi, like has multiple gears. He has no persona. He's got red hair and he sings good. Yeah, he's That's just all we an care awesome about. dude to and hang he, around. And he's got, and he has good taste in tequila and a nice vacation spot, Cabo and, San Lucas. And there's great deals on You and Cabo I have vacations. different opinions about what good tequila is. And let me tell you something. He's selling deals to people here. This, this song coins the term Cabo Wobble, which means you're drunk on tequila walking down the street wobbling. Listen, that's fucking stupid. That's great, and it's that part of my great. vocabulary now. Moving on. Those are as stupid as Van Halen's album titles after David Lee Roth. Now I gotta play the thing again. Don't step on our stuff. Well, don't cut me off. Van Hagar rocks so good. There it is. Oh, man, I'm getting fired up. I love Sammy Hagar Van Halen. Makes me so happy. Why'd we pick this song, Hunter? This is a cool one to pick. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about it. This it's is like, Get Up by Van Halen. Pick. It's a It's a curveball for you yeah. guys. Yeah, because yeah, it's not good. Yes, yeah, and oh, it's, it's, come on. it's never one I would have ever sought out. Or yeah, because we're not selling is, Van. We're not selling greatest it's hits. Not we're hooky. It's oh, one of the least yeah. interesting songs. This is our song. Like, hey, let them go. Let them right go. Now. This we're picking this. <laughs> Cool. We're picking this because it's it's going back to that original note of fucking awesomeness. That letting the drummer, letting Alex fucking beat, letting Eddie fucking shred, letting this is and and by very unappreciated Muckle Anthony's best screamy va background vocals are on this. That he's having so much fun on this. Get it? We'll get to that part. If this were a Roth song, he'd be improvising like oldie time boxer lines by this point. Fuck that. Good. Guy. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, and we're not doing greatest hits, by the way. We're talking clearly. Truth. We're talking truth. Clearly. <laughs> 5150 was Van Halen's first number one album, and all of Sammy Hagar's albums went to number one. 
Number one, Sammy yeah, Hagar. It's not hard to get a number one when your number two is CNC Music Factory. It is, yeah, because 19... CNC Music Factory is excellent. Me? They were great. 1984 did not hit number one because it ran into Thriller. Yeah, That's they the hit number reason. two because Thriller was number one. Yeah. That's, like, That's say, what they were up it's against. like saying that any basketball player who didn't win a title when Michael Jordan was playing is a loser. Uh, right, he doesn't listen, deserve any listen, accolades. It's about to, get, about to rock in a second. Well... Here it comes. This is a, listen to Michael Anthony. Very unappreciated. This is one of those. Right here. Beautiful. It feels like That's early a great argument in favor of Michael, Michael Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. No, no, no. The argument like. is is that he allows the, uh, the band to come along with him. He, he emphasizes the band. He, he's, not, he's not trying to, like... Step out in front and push everybody in back. Do high kicks to distract everybody. Like the harmonies on uh, I'm the One. We just want to play this yeah, kind like of... Those. This is arguably a so-so Van Hagar song, but we want to show you what Sammy Hagar can bring to a so-so song. It just, there's just not a false tired note. You know, and he's just like, okay, we have to record this shitty song. I'll make it better because I just want to do a good job so I can afford a bigger condo in Cabo Wabo. He's a man a of terrible argument. He's a and man of simple taste that just works hard for his band. And That's he's a terrible and, argument. And this is showing that it's this is a job because if you listen to what the song's about, they get up, and when they got a so-so song, they make it work. Now I will concede. I will concede this point to you. In uh, what was the Van Halen song you played for us, uh, House of Pain? Roth did less on House of Pain than Hagar did for this song. Both of them, it's, it's, calling the mediocre is a compliment. Hagar did a lot more to help it along. Hagar's bringing Thank it. Thank you, Dave. But it's still a really odd choice to be selling the people on Van Hagar. I think like, oh, note. Sammy's able to note. elevate garbage better than David Lee Roth is able to elevate garbage. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Thanks for making that point. Man, fuck Van Hagar. <laughs> I'm second, so, our second rebuttal song. I'm so sorry Van I talked Hagar. over that last bumper because that one was fucking sweet. <laughs> our second rebuttal song about Van Hagar. Yeah, this, this one's rough, guys. This is really rough. This is from For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. The title is Spanked. A t-shirt I had to turn inside out the day after I went to the concert and wore it to school. Why? Why? I don't get it. Because it basically meant fuck. Oh, the, the principal. Because, yeah. The, the oh. teacher didn't say spank. All right, the we got a lot of points fuck. to make. All right. So this song is about phone sex. It's about a phone It's about a real hot phone sex commercial that Sammy Hagar, the lead singer of the band that defined party rock in America, saw. he saw this commercial while he was sitting at home alone late at night. And then he just repeats over and over and over again. Call her up on the spank line. Still Come better on, than you bad boys. Still better than Call her up on the spank. Anybody? Some ragtime bullshit. This anybody is clearly who is not Sammy Hagar. Anybody two. who's not Sammy Hagar would be embarrassed by the number of times spank line appears in the song. And this is uh, this is in the era where all the songs last five to seven minutes. Yes, because repeating, they're really stretching repeating out. spank line <laughs> over and over. <laughs> It could have no song about fucking your teacher. This could have been a two and a half minute piece of filler on Diver Down. He was so into shilling for advertising corporations, they could have sold this to the company Spanx for their new Spank line. Wait, here it is. Yeah, that's the first time. Listen, this song first of like eighty. This song took a terrible concept. Listen, bad boys is awesome. He took a terrible concept and he made it palatable. That bad bad boys, that's a great hook. The only mix-up, and yeah, it's bad. They should have had an editor. They should have thought twice about it. Is the idea that it's about a spank line? It's a dumb line. But if it was like, I'm a, all you bad bad boys, call her up for a good time, we'd be having a four-man tribute to Van Hagar right now. Hey, JD. Now it'd just be a really long, boring six-minute song instead of being a long, awful six-minute song. <laughs> let's just get to the heart of what this argument is. Okay. These two hate fun. Yeah. No, we don't. That's why we you listen to David Lee Roth. Fun. Well, this is 
There is much worse David songs. Lee Roth was the fun one. Yes. Sammy Hagar is no. the guy that you want to get yes. up early for your job. No, Sam, no, David Lee Roth is the annoying one. He's yes. the guy that he's poking you in the back going like, do what I want to do. Do what I want to do. Yes. Do what I want to do. Sammy, Sammy Hagar. Hagar is like caught Michael Anthony jerking it to a 1-900 number and was like, let's fucking do a song about that. Go right, Sammy. I like, I like this This is guy. the first time this song makes sense to me when you put it in that perspective. Sammy Hagar takes you, he goes along on your ride. He takes you along for his ride. And it's beautiful. Oh, man. Well, it's certainly a ride. I'm fired up. Let's move on. At least Van Halen's dad. Van Hagar is the idealized version of America, dreamed up by overzealous patriots. (laughs) Imagine if patriots, overzealous patriots America was real. That's Sammy Hagar for you. This this song has some sound effects. Okay, here we go. What's going on? You guys start, Pound but then case. we want to talk about Hold the on, I'm going to be David Pound B. Case. Roth for a second. Okay. Man, what are you doing? Come on, let's just go back to what we used to do. You using a dream? Fuck that. Listen. When that Eddie was Van great. Hal- I, want, I want to hear that now. When yeah. Eddie Van Halen's not overwhelmed... You made the song interesting. <laughs> yes. Hey, Good job, you guys. look ugly. I'm David Lee Roth. When Eddie Van Halen's not overwhelmed fighting his singer not to have a terrible 1920s jazz song on their <laughs> rock album, this is the crazy shit he'll come up with. Sammy lets Eddie be Eddie, and there's no greater example than Pound Cake. I don't think Sammy has a choice. That's the th- oh, that's the why they hired Sammy him. Sammy Hagar. No, he did. He wouldn't disagree. He like he he was, right. he was simpatico with the group. They liked hanging out with him. They hey, liked, Sammy, it's we're easy to be this. simpatico when you All don't right. have much of a personality. I mean, Dave might have let Eddie get away with this, but he would have had to trade it for a cover of a Neil Sedaka song in exchange. Oh, that'd be great! Would have been so fucking cool, I'd uh, love to hear that. Calendar Girl! Oh, oh my god. god. Uh, I, oh, man. Guys, uh. Steve and I, are, are you guys good? Can we go with our thing? Sure. Steve and I had the same experience. Uh, well, who are you going to quote? Okay, so yeah, we remember when Pound Cake came. It was the first thing we heard he was using a drill to play his guitar. Yeah, yeah. We like, thought the same thing, that he put a pick on the end of his drill and played it even faster. That's, yeah, that's it sounded when you so hear, fucking cool. Yeah, when you hear Eddie Van Halen's playing his guitar with a drill, that's the first thing that pops into yeah. your mind. Did he do that? No. No. He's holding a motor up in front of his uh, his guitar, guitar pickups. Just to go wee. I tried it at That's home it. the cool way. All right. I ripped four fucking strings off my guitar. And that makes you way more badass than Eddie Van Halen on this song. I just want to talk. Okay. Yes. Oh, again, nothing about Sammy. Hager. And it has yeah. not. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. this has um, nothing on right. Jackal's The Lumberjack, just, where the guy plays a chainsaw. So okay, it'd be right, a good companion right. piece. Nothing about. It'd be Sammy. a much I better. I want to talk about Sammy piece. Hagar. I want to talk about 1991, 11-year-old. Little 11 year old Hunter who is into getting into gangster rap and grunge who saw this video and went, Man, these guys are old. I should think that they're sad, but this is fucking cool. This song is so fucking cool. I can't help but like these old men singing this awesome song. Yeah, this is a song about Cunnilingus. This is a sophisticated man, Sammy Hagar. I rewatched the video. Yeah. It he, brought up a lot of old bonus. He, yeah. yeah, he knows how to pleasure a woman. You know, you, you and take, he calls it you, pound cake. You take her to Cabo. Yeah, you eat her out. You call her vagina pound cake. It's all solid moves. I'm surprised Sammy Hagar doesn't have a million wives. I'm surprised the, you have one. <laughs> at the live show, they sold panties that said pound cake. Oh, oh my god, it's, it's he's so good. A, Sammy Hagar is a fucking frat boy. I should That's hate that. It. He's a very talented frat boy. Did somebody did a frat boy beat you up to Sammy Hagar? No, they threatened to though. To Sammy Hagar? Not, not, not to Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar is the type up. of guy who exploits that type of mentality. That's not him. You guys, got, you guys got it all wrong. He sells products to those guys. So does Jimmy Buffett. That's the, and but, Guy Fieri. But Jimmy Buffett doesn't make good music. And Smash Mouth. Neither does Guy Fieri. We're, we're talking about the music they make. Everclear. Listen, I think we made our point. I Personally, I don't need to wrap this up in a really boring way like they wrapped up their argument. Do you have oh. anything final to say? You no. totally yeah. botched your argument. No, no they, talked on, about, they talked about everybody except David Lee Roth and Sammy yeah, Hagar. Yeah, they didn't talk about And it. we just talked about what a wonderful man Sammy Hagar is, how good he sings, and how wonderful the lifestyle I is have that to he say, presents. I have to say, they... We were fighting uphill on this. Yeah, yeah. And they went, 
and tipped the hill towards us by not making, not talking about the music at all. Not talking because, about the singers. About the because sp- the music about, speaks for itself. Or not talking it's, about it the really singers. does. Yeah. Oh, anyway, listen, I'm tired of fighting these guys. Let's make up. Uh, you guys Is our have... friendship still intact? What can we do to save our friendship you, after this contentious episode? You, you can pick a song that that uh, you like of Sammy Hagar's. I got I got an idea, Steve. What's that, Dave? Um, I'm thinking about the Van Halen song "Dreams," and just maybe Chills. JD has it queued up. Wow, that was really handy. This is a great song. Thanks, guys. This Make really is. Good this really this is really this is, is a, a masterpiece. Uh, this is that second note. If we if we learn anything from the bald metal episode, it's that I love inspirational rock anthems, and this is and a that you have a Steve Hole. That I have a Steve Hole as well. <laughs> That's a thing apparently now. But to me, a song like this is the whole reason that you hire Sammy Hagar because he does have the vocal range to pull off this kind of a song. He can soar into the heavens just like the lyrics are calling for you to do. You know how many gr- how many great stockbrokers in the '80s sold so many awesome stocks on crazy cocaine? Listening to this song, yachts were bought, mansions were leased because dreams come thing. true. Exactly. Uh, I, I bet you David Lee Roth wrote a terrible screenplay reading of this because he knew he thought he could. He was like, "I can do it. I got a dream. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a great album, and I'm gonna make a great. I'm gonna make a great I, movie." I picture David Lee Roth putting this song on, and and like it. It amps him up to do something, and what he does is writes the a screenplay. And it's just like <laughs> yeah, so I was saying, like uh, this this could be, this is such better an go back to being an EMT. Song. All right, thanks, thanks guys. Now, by the way, the lyrics oh. to this song don't even make any sense, and it doesn't even it matter. Doesn't matter. This chorus. Ah, oh, it's so good. We've heard it, it really, a million times. It really is it's so great. Hunter and I picked a good song that David Lee Ross that we really can get behind too. Unchained. Uh, God, this is a classic. Jesus Christ, this is good. This is absolutely I think beautiful. this is Van Halen's best song. And it's a good balance of Roth here. And my favorite part is in the middle, there's like a talking, like Dave's talking too much. And somebody says, come on, Dave, give me a break. Oh, that's he, Ted Templeman yeah. talking. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. there you go. And then he says, one, one break, break come and then it goes into a chorus. Yeah, not, not, a a not a break. Not a break. But you know, you just well, got to edit the break out. Yeah, probably you got to shake your head in amusement. Well, yeah. that's the it's thing about Dave. this song is very tight, very straightforward. It's it dialed down all the things that Van Halen is known for, except for rocking. Everything that all the extra stuff is not really in this. It's just straightforward. Boom! Right in your face. Yeah, this is David Lee Roth's anthem. He's unchained. He's hit the ground running, and it's not always terrible. You know. I'll put on a David Lee Roth album before I'd put on a Peter Gabriel Genesis album. I'll give you guys that much. Well, you know, yeah, I, a lot of I would, would put on that. a Van Hagar album before I would put on a Peter Gabriel album. Yeah, so I'll give you that's, that. That's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal. Especially Lion, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Oh, it has man. its place. Uh, that's a good song. Yeah, really uh, more solo Genesis stuff is okay. Yeah. We'll talk about weird proc stuff another time. I had a good time on this episode. I got fired yeah, up. Yeah, it was fun. You know, I think there was a lot of crosstalk because we're all so heated. Yeah, yeah. Some of us, some of us we went a on a bit more than maybe we should have. But listen, we're not here to coach. Now we're here to hug it out. We yeah. made our arguments. You guys listen to the music. Decide for yourself at home. Um, and we'll uh, see you next week. When we hit the genre divorce core and count it down, it's a good one. I like it a lot. Um, you find this week's Halen vs. Hagar playlist by following JD Risner on Spotify. Uh, send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock, hashtag YRPod. Follow JD at JD Risner. Follow, follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Don't follow Dave on Twitter. Uh, it's not David B. Lyons? No, it's, it's David underscore B underscore Lyons. All right, well, and the you can guy go there. You got a lot of new followers. You can look my. You can look at my two tweets, <laughs> and one of them, uh, the lead singer Smash Mouth, responded to. So, <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Follow Hunter into the Steve Hole tour. Start every hour on the hour, and the first ten people to sign up get a free bottle of Cabo Wabo brand tequila. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Especially to, if you like us. Yeah, go to YachtRock.com for what will hopefully one day be a useful experience. Thanks to producer Dustin Marshall for Dustin! being so good. And check out other great Feral Audio podcasts at FeralAudio.com. Good night, everybody. Good night. Here comes Divorce Corps.